1: Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet, with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus.
0: Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. And I want to thank all of you for joining us today. I'm very glad that you're with us. And if you were affected by uh any of the hurricanes, I or you or your family, I just am trusting that you are well or and and or that you have the energy and, and the love in your uh community to to help you clean up and rebuild um, if you were affected by that. So Everybody, we've had everybody in our prayers and in our thoughts and in our hearts. So we're seeing uh, that strength and love and energy uh, coming forth to get things going forward for all of you. So wherever you are with all that hurricane uh, experience, I'm glad that you're listening today and hope that you are whole and well and that your loved ones are well. So, uh, thank you so much for liking the Spirit of Recovery Facebook page. It's great to get those likes and thank you also for letting us know that you like what's happening here on Spirit of Recovery, that you, uh, Are feeling blessed by it, that you're feeling, uh, like you're getting good information, you're getting good inspiration, you're getting good uplift from the guests that I have here on Spirit of Recovery. And, uh, thank you for letting me know what's happening with you in your spirituality and recovery walk. Every week we do um, have topics that are important to the recovery community with guests who are down to earth, knowledgeable and innovative. And people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people or sometimes all the above or uh, sometimes teaching spirituality. One way or the other, always making that uh, recovery connection. And the guests are always bringing you practical information you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You know, you can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can listen live via your computer, via your smart device. You can uh, listen through various services. You can go to stitcher.com and download their app and search for Spirit of Recovery. If you have an Alexa-enabled device, you can ask Alexa to play Unity Online Radio. You can uh, listen via iTunes. And uh, certainly you can listen live, and also you can listen to our archives. We've got lots of uh, great programs and you can listen to those podcasts on demand at unityonlineradio.org slash program of recovery. I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place so that if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're the family member or friend of somebody that's got the disease of addiction um, or if you're just curious about a recovery what it's all about you're welcome here i'm glad you're here you're welcome to send in a comment or a question for my guests via the uh, email or via the phone and uh, we'd be happy to uh, respond to that also i always want to sh- give a shout out to family members to let you know that um, there is recovery for family members from that family disease of enabling and uh... You can find lots of resources for family members in 12-step programs, therapies, books, all kinds of things. So there's hope and help for family members. Um, I also want you to know that if you like what's happening here on Spirit of Recovery or the other great programs on UnityOnlineRadio.org, if you want to, you can support this nonprofit radio station financially, Simply Dialogue. Text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone, and you can make a one time or a recurring donation. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity minister and also an addictions counselor. I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And um, now, over 36 years ago, those relationships got me started. On an active path of personal growth and spiritual development. And my walk continues to be an integration of unity principles, 12 step recovery principles, and um, just a deep spirituality. And it keeps transforming my life. It keeps me uh, growing in deeper ways. And uh, I'm grateful. I'm really, really, really grateful for the opportunity to have walked through the doors of 12-step uh, recovery for, as a family member and friend and um, to have that walk continuing and and to be part of, of also this unity community. So um, thank you again. Uh, it's great for me to be able to share guests with you and share these ideas and to um, bless you hopefully in your spirituality and recovery walk. Today, we've got another uh, very interesting program. We're talking about recovery and creativity and uh, creative people, and and that means everybody. All of us are creative people. Some people are more visibly creative than others, but... We are all truly inherently creative. We'll be talking about living from the inside out and how recovery, um, how it does touch into our lives in so many ways, our inner life, our recovery life. And, um, you know, what happens to us when we get in recovery and we learn that uh, we don't have to camp out in the darkness, but that we can – We've got to face the darkness, but we learn how to walk through it and find the light over and over again. And we even learn to embrace the darkness and know that it's part of us, and it's okay, because we've got um, a higher power. We've got a community. We've got the group. We've got principles, and um, we're going to be all right. So today, my guest, uh, he's back. Uh, He was my guest Several years ago. I'm really glad to have him back. It's Leonard Bouchelle, and Leonard is a California State Certified Substance Abuse Counselor. He's also a publisher, and um, he's also the founder of uh, several different interesting organizations, Writers in Treatment. The real R E E L Recovery Film Festival and the Recovery Addiction E Bulletin. And so Leonard's going to be sharing with us today um about uh how what got him motivated into those things. He's also a person in long term recovery, which he'll probably share with us about. And he he himself is obviously an overtly creative person and he has lots of uh, connections with a lot of people who are very creative and a lot of them have high visibility so we're going to be tossing around a lot of ideas today about recovery spirituality and living from the inside out so leonard welcome back to spirit of
2: recovery
3: Hi, everyone. This is Leonard Bouchelle. Sorry, my phone was on mute as I was uh, clearing my throat. So thank you, Anna, for having me back on the show. Are you there?
0: I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes,
3: I'm yes. here. Great.
0: Good. Great. We're bad. I think I had accidentally pressed my mute button. We're having. <laughs> there must be a message in this, Leonard. I don't know. Me.
3: <laughs> anyway, welcome back. Glad you're here. Glad you're off mute. Back from sunny California, where we never have to fear hurricanes during the fall season. We only have to fear earthquakes at any time at all. Uh- <laughs> how about that? So,
0: how do you uh how so, do you cope with that I living mean, in the living in the earthquake zone?
3: why do we prefer our trauma to be more spontaneous than, and come with no warning?
0: Oh yeah, yeah,
2: that's a good way I to guess frame because it.
3: Because maybe hopefully some of us uh, have studied aikido and when the attack comes we sort of move out of the way. Uh, yeah. Or we hope we're out of town <laughs> uh, or we've learned to roll with the punches so to speak and uh-huh. hopefully uh, that big one that they talk about uh, might be uh, you know, a couple hundred years away I, I don't know I know we just had the biggest earthquake in Mexico in a hundred years yeah you know in some ways sort of just down the road
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, still North America But you know, we 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 spend our time thinking of uh, the internal and the intrinsic values of life, and hopefully having enough water and uh, rice cakes to keep us going if something tragic does happen.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know it is.
3: Go ahead. I only mentioned it because of the recent hurricanes, and I know uh, we were all watching. Uh, At least I was CNN and hoping for the best. And it seems like Florida got out, not unscathed, but without too many fatalities. And we just wonder, what is Mother Nature trying to tell us?
2: Uh, Mm -hmm.
3: and, and, And at times I'm fascinated by the fact that nature does exist and it has a say in the matter, no matter how long. Civilization has been trying to control nature and control animals. Uh, in the end, I think the earth has, as you know, the, the, is the arbiter of how much longer we last. And I think, mm-hmm. it's, I think Gaia is getting pissed off at being poisoned and being used and, and not being, uh, cared for the way, uh, You know, you should care for your home, and Mm -hmm. uh, this is everyone's home, and, you know, it's just sad to see some people not respecting it like they would their own mother. But maybe those people had abusive mothers growing up, and so they're sort of just getting back at all the mother uh, images and archetypes in the world. I don't know. I, I, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I love nature. Uh, they say he can teach you more than a guru. Uh, I don't. I haven't learned to listen that attentively yet. So I still like to listen to people like Alan Watts uh, on a regular basis, and I certainly love listening to Reverend Michael Beckwith uh, down at the Agape Spiritual Center. And you mm-hmm. know, and uh, I'm sure some of your listeners are familiar with Emmett Fox. I somehow I was yes. Able to- to get a, an audio of Emmett Fox reading his Sermon on the Mount and just to hear his booming voice. And you wonder, no wonder he could fill up large, you know, halls, Carnegie Hall, the, uh, the, 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 the drum, the the place in London. Yeah, the it, drum, hmm Yeah, people would come to hear him speak. They would also come to see Harry Houdini <laughs> escape. <laughs> jackets, which I guess uh is another form of uh freedom uh you know, freedom from without and freedom from within and I'm just glad to have been uh I got the privilege of meeting Alan Watts when I was very young a uh, a teenager <laughs> in Philadelphia and he was speaking uh at this Suburban synagogue that was designed by Frank Lloyd Wright and a friend invited me. I said, Sure. Uh they'll let me in and I I was just becoming aware of Frank Lloyd Wright and how genius he was. And there was Alan Watts just giving one of his satsangs, one of his talks. And it just mm-hmm. you know, struck every chord and then I went up to shake his hand afterwards and I noticed we were both wearing the same exact pair of of black leather Italian pointy shoes and I thought <laughs> hmm we have you know our feet have a lot in common and you know feet is what touches the earth uh, you know every day and I know you know Thich Nhat Hanh, who brought as if no one had ever thought of it before walking meditation to America When you walk along the ground, you feel each step to be in touch with Mother Earth and and to have those energies, you know, fill your body and, and, you know, while being open to the energy that's coming down uh, from the the galaxy, from the Earth, I mean, from the the heavens. Uh, So that's how I got maybe turned on to this whole New Age thing was actually seeing uh, Alan Watts in person, you know, many years ago. And
0: Tell Buckley, us more about Alan Watts. Some people probably don't know who he is, Leonard. Tell us about more about he Alan. He was an
3: English rogue who was a, a, a he did become, a, a, was it Episcopalian, uh, re, he did become a clergyman, and mm-hmm. then sort of ended up going in a more zen direction. Alan Watts. Uh, he only died about 20 years ago from cirrhosis of the liver he did drink a lot he was a very playful man but could could inform could teach he never used notes he would just talk and he knew more about buddhism and hinduism and and zen and and all the ancient customs of spiritual people and spiritual tribes and he had a beautiful accent and a beautiful voice you can listen to him at any time uh, luckily, the, the Pacifica Network, KPFK, which is a radio station in Philadelphia, and there is a, an app on your phone for Pacifica Radio, uh, in Los Angeles for the last 30 years, every Sunday morning at 8 a.m., they play one of his talks. And so there's a lot of Alan Watts uh, you can find online. He made a few videos, not a lot. He was really a great orator. So he's a teacher. You know, he's a teacher who said to consider yourself any religion disqualifies you from being every religion. You know, he, he mm-hmm. renounced organized religion saying if we're all everything or we're all nothing as well. Uh, but he, you know, it's like when... Uh, it actually, I think it was as Reverend Michael talks about, uh, you know, when you fly to Canada, you don't see a line separating Washington from, you know, British Columbia. Uh, when you fly over Europe, you don't see a line separating France from Germany. It's all, you a, know, a, 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 a man's idea of territory. And animals don't need visas uh, to prance around from, from England to Scotland or dolphins or sharks to swim from, from uh, you know, uh, Ireland to England. So that's why the whole idea of patriotism is so archaic. And I think yeah. through that spirituality is the only way to rise above being angry all the time
0: yeah it's true you know when you were talking earlier leonard about the earth and and the things you're talking about now the ways that we're harmful to each other um it, it it does it is that is like addiction or it is addiction in a sense it's that the body and the actually even the psychological self always is going to exact a penalty when we're not whole mm-hmm. it's just like you know when when we're Inactive addiction, whether it's a substance disease or whether it's as a family member enabling, somehow it's going to come and impact us in a negative way. Because we're separated from ourselves and we're separated from other people, we're, you know, projecting a lot of negativity. And uh, it's it's true. It's spirituality is really coming from a place of oneness that, that we are we are one. So I think is a real difference when we start to get in touch with that spirituality.
3: You know, maybe the original sin was whoever thought up that term, original sin. Imagine <laughs> that kind of burden on a baby. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, when you talk about connection, you know, it's like the buzzword in the progressive addiction recovery field. You know, based on the work of Dr. Gabor Mate and Johan Hari from England, about how a lot of addiction is caused by lack of connection. And most, you know, they call alcoholism and drug addiction a spiritual disease, Uh, you know, referencing back to what Lenny Bruce, the great iconic revolutionary comedian, said, which was, when I do a shot of heroin, I feel like I'm being kissed by God. And... That's a lot of competition for the principal at the high school to say, you know, don't do that. People Mm -hmm. are, there is a shortage of euphoria in America. Or maybe even, you know, we're devoid of natural joy. I I understand, I've read studies that said teenagers are having less sex now than they ever have. A, because they're on their phone. They'd rather be in their bedroom texting people than actually going out to meet them. And I don't think it bodes well for the future because it's a very minuscule amount of, of endorphins that you're getting from texting. It's not quite like you know, asking someone to dance and having them say yes and then moving your body to music and holding another person... I wonder how many high school dances there are anymore compared to 20 or 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so how
0: does re- how does recovery make a shift for that? And I know that, as you're saying, Dr. Gabor Mate, he talks about that a lot. And what How, how does recovery uh, touch into that natural joy or, or assist people with that?
3: Well, you know, we used to say marijuana was like the lazy man's way to enlightenment. You know, it, w- it was easy. And once you remove drugs and alcohol, you have to find more, being creative is is a high into itself. You know, people talk about uh, like film editors going into the editing room at eight in the morning and it's eight o'clock at night and they haven't even like eaten because they get so consumed and so focused. I won't use the word obsessed, but they get so focused on what they're doing. That time stops, and isn't that the, you know, what they say, the, you know, the purpose of art is to stop time? So even if you're just drawing in a notebook, sitting on a bench at a cafe or a park, while you're drawing it, you're not thinking about existential issues. You're not thinking about dying. You're not thinking about, you know, being hungry, uh, whatever it is. Even if you're just choosing some great tunes... You know, to put on a playlist, even if you didn't make the music, you're you're you know you're promoting music, and certainly, you know, part of the joy of running the Real Recovery Film Festival. And I said this nine years ago when we started it. I said, nowadays, with the price of the video equipment gone down so dramatically, for a thousand dollars, you can have really good equipment, and all you need is some friends, a good idea, and some patience and perseverance, and you can make a movie that you can project on a big screen in any theater in the country. You know, that wasn't true 20 years ago. You needed Bolex cameras and, you know, really fancy equipment. And now one of the, you know, great, I guess, uh, gifts of technology is that we have really high-quality recording equipment. Thank God there are now body cams on police cars and police. You know, imagine if Mm -hmm. none of that was ever recorded. We wouldn't know what improprieties were going on. I wish they had that uh, during uh, the Detroit riots, uh, which I just saw that movie Detroit. I didn't see Mm -hmm. all of of it because I had to walk out. Uh, but so, anybody can have a creative and a pencil and a piece of paper. Obviously, doesn't cost much. Writing right. a, writing a poem is is inexpensive. Anybody can look up haiku, you know, the Japanese very short form of poetry. Anybody can go to a local. Uh, you know, adult night classes to take essay writing or, or poetry. Uh, you know, the walking down the street observing the leaves on the tree is, is, is a, you know, very, uh, it's, 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 it's like a, it's a, it's a meditation, but it's also interactive. The trees are blowing in the wind to get your attention, perhaps it's possible you know I did a workshop at the uh, Monroe Institute in West Virginia Uh, Robert Monroe coined the term astral travel and it's amazing how much more open and sensitive your senses you know our senses are somewhat limited by what society tells us our senses can absorb uh but with you know, with they say the more time you spend in meditation, the better you can see and the better you can hear, uh, and I think recovery, if you're going along the step program, which seems to be extremely popular uh, in the entire world, uh, you know, the step that talk about prayer and meditation, you know, it's wonderful. It's not just giving up things, which is. You know, the first step is then developing yourself as a better person. And the reason I say the pharmaceutical company is making billions of dollars selling Suboxone is because they let people know that, oh, if you want to join Narcotics Anonymous or Alcoholics Anonymous, they want you to learn the St. Francis prayer. They want you to, you know, to love where there's no love, to give rather than to receive. They want you to follow the teachings of Jesus the Christ, one of the greatest masters the world has ever seen. They want you to become a better person, whereas we just want you to get off their drugs and start doing our drugs. Uh, I mean, that's the whole whole industry. You know, they just had a a case that was... uh, It was an article reprinted on the Addiction Recovery eBulletin, otherwise Mm -hmm. known as AddictionRecoveryEBulletin.org, that this company, this Wall Street pharmaceutical company, was paying doctors to prescribe fentanyl rather than other painkillers that might be less addictive and less deadly. Uh, You know, the system is rigged. There's no conspiracy about who's running the show And I don't know if anybody was awake in November, but obviously America has gone insane, insane. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I, I mean, I I know why. I mean, it's obvious. It's the most militaristic country on earth. A bigger percentage of the gross national budget, whatever, goes towards armaments. No the wonder there's gangs. No the wonder how many households in America have guns. How is- <laughs> so it's like
0: kind of getting out of that syndrome of feeling such animosity. Again, there may be people may have different ideas politically or whatever, but but getting out of that animosity into to some kind of a, as you were talking about, uh, prayer and meditation or some living by some principles, that are deeper that enhance life.
3: Yes, it, it's uh, and I, I'm only pretending to be angry or, or or uncomfortable with the current situation. In fact, I thank I thank the nameless one for really pulling back the covers on what America is in general. I mean, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. I had the time. To study you know, political history, but it's it's. Uh, I, I'm just so glad a, and I to have been born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, USA, America, one of the thirteen original colonies. You know, you know near where the Independence Hall and where the, where the, the the Declaration of Independence was signed. I've been in that room, and it fills you with emotion and tears, uh, to think about, you know, what happened 200 years ago to, or 250 now, uh, to give us a country that people from all over the world want to get to, because for whatever failings we have, we have a spirit and an energy of entrepreneurialship, of freedom, of, you know, the value of education. Uh, you know, I walk through the streets of New York That are incredibly crowded, and you rarely bump into someone. People are so innately polite; Uh, Mm -hmm. it's it's a beautiful thing. And I I go out on the freeways. I'm thinking, God, there's a million cars out here, and no one's bumping into each other. You know, they're paying attention to what they're doing in most cases, unless they're on the phone. uh, And they have, and they let people in. And you know, Mm -hmm. society, humanity, left to its own devices. I think, would create a Garden of Eden again. It's just some people, there's no money in Eden, the same way there's no money in sobriety.
0: Uh, well, we're gonna, it's time for a break, so that's an interesting thought. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. Okay, um, Anna. Yes, yeah, so uh, stay with us. Our topic today is Recovery and Creativity, Living from the Inside Out, and my guest is Leonard Buchel, and you can learn more about Leonard and his work if you go to writersintreatment.org. So stay with us. We'll be right back on Spirit of Recovery.
4: Join Unity on September 14th for World Day of Prayer as we engage with people around the globe to explore living in peace centered consciousness. Visit worlddayofprayer.org to see how you can participate at your local Unity Center or New Thought Community or watch the live streamed events at Unity Village. Also join us on Facebook and Twitter, hashtag WDOP17. Wherever you are, please join us in affirming, I am peace in the midst of all matters.
0: Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery and if you're just joining us, my name is Anna Schaus and I'm your host uh, here today on Spirit of Recovery and every week actually. And our topic today is recovery and creativity, living from the inside out. And we're contemplating, you know, what's the difference when we live, uh, fearfully or anxiously and in combat with other people one way or the other or, uh, out of odds with life and how's that different from when we're living from within and we're having that creativity and that sense of wholeness and that sense of being a part, truly a part of the, of humanity and a part of this wonderful earth experience. Um, my guest is Leonard Bichel and Leonard is a California State Certified Substance Abuse Counselor. He's also a publisher. He has started uh, some several different organizations. One is Writers in Treatment. The other is Real, R-E-E-L, Recovery Film Festival that features honest films about addiction and recovery. And also, he's the publisher of The Regular. You can get this in your inbox if you want it, Recovery Addiction Bulletin. And you can learn more about him at writersintreatment.org. So before I get back to my conversation with Linda I invite you to join me for a few minutes of serenity, just a moment, the serenity minute, for a moment to relax, to open up to your higher power, to your presence of that higher power within you and around you. I invite you to uh, join me in a constructive uh, idea. So I invite you to relax and to feel that presence of your higher power within you and around you. To feel yourself relaxing all the way from the crown of your head, all the way through your body, temple, your legs and feet. Allow your heart and your mind to relax and to become receptive and share with me this constructive idea. I am an expression of the energy of life. I express life, wholeness and well-being. I am an expression of the energy of life. And I express life, wholeness, and well-being. And so we take just a moment now in the quiet. In the Serenity Minute, and I trust that it was a wonderful opportunity for you to take a moment just to get in touch with that love that's who you are, and that creative life that shines in you and through you. So I'm back now to my conversation with my guest Leonard Luchel. and uh, Leonard, you're going to talk to us some about your own uh, recovery. I know that you've uh, you're part of this whole process yourself. Uh, so Here's yeah. some of your mentors and, and
3: First, what's happened I in your life. Yeah. First, I want to thank you for that 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 reminder to be conscious of every breath. Uh, because I don't I can't imagine anything more creative than growing cells in your body and and to feed them with oxygen consciously is just you know I have felt there are billions of chemical reactions going on every second in, in your body that, I mean, the creative process is so, is in the mirror, you know? It, it's just, it's what's happening every second of every day, sleeping or awake. The heart keeps beating whether you tell it to or not. Uh, it's, it's. Thank you for reminding me of how incredibly miraculous <laughs> life, life itself is. Uh, yeah. And, and one of the just one of the people who helped me navigate the, this life is a great philosopher. I came across a book by a gentleman named Robin, Robert Anton Wilson. And, and he has this little thing I want to share uh, with the listeners. It says, to achieve the most outrageously rich results imaginable, use these four simple techniques. One, Rehearse successful outcome, outcomes in your mind's eye, which I guess could be like visioning. Uh, two is expand your ability to feel gratitude and appreciation—a uh, gratitude, gratefulness. It's 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 easier than it sounds, but it's it's. I think it's uh, when Jesus says, you know, you should med- pray all the time. You should pray without ceasing. I think. That means be grateful for everything is, is like a great prayer and three is don't demand all or nothing answers except partial solutions which certainly is very you know uh, applicable in this modern day and age when uh, you don't always get everything you want and so I've, I've learned a lot from don't demand all or nothing answers from myself or especially other people and the last one I love it says Interrupt your negative chains of thought by forcing yourself to visualize the crazy, sweet adventures you plan to enjoy someday. <laughs> I think that's, that's what recovery has been for me. It's, it's a reawakening. I say uh, it was a rebirth. I'm, I'm the same person, but I'm a new person than I was. When 23 years ago, I drove myself... Uh, to a 28-day rehab. Uh, I thought I was having a nervous breakdown. I, I knew I couldn't, you know, leave the house without a couple joints, a flask of vodka or tequila, uh, some Percodans and Valiums, and some, some mushrooms. I, I didn't feel complete without... That was my toolkit, and any, any adverse... Uh, adverse occasion that came up Or any joyous occasion I had substances that would help me Enhance something Or negate something And one of the epiphanies I had When I was sitting under a tree At rehab on a Sunday with You know there wasn't as many activities As during the week They kept us very busy And other people had visitors And I told my people Don't come visit me I'm doing this by myself not that I was ashamed to be seen in rehab, but uh, I just thought, this is mine. I'm going to do this. And, uh, you know, because and I don't know how sloppy it's going to look or how beautiful it's going to look. But I was sitting under a tree one day, and I literally saw a negative feeling coming at me like a locomotive. And I thought, oh here comes a... And without having anything to shield myself or block it, the feeling came like on a track, and went right through me and out the other side. And I thought, oh, my God, feelings come and go. And I can just appreciate that. Even to be f- afraid of it, it's not going to last forever. Because I think sometimes when people, or such as myself, took drugs, it's like I want to get high and I want to stay high and I want to be high all, all the time. You know, I like this feeling, and I don't ever want this feeling to leave. Uh, And then the same thing, like when people get sick, they think, "Oh God, is this ever going to go away?" Well, of course it goes away, because you know the self-healing properties the bodies have is just amazing. And I realized that Sunday afternoon that feelings come and go, and I don't have to protect myself from them or try and deflect them. And it was. It made me feel safe when I left right. the facility to continue on, and so I sort of signed up for a year. When I had 28 days with no pot, no booze, and I thought, "Wow, I never, I didn't know it was actually physically, spiritually, or psychologically possible not to use a substance for 28 whole days." And I thought, "Wow, gee, uh, this is interesting." You know, I, I'm not dying, I'm not falling apart, I'm not crying, I'm not going insane. And I went to a 12-step meeting, and and there was a gentleman from San Francisco speaking, and he said, you know, when the Dalai Lama was in America on his last visit, and someone said to him, is there, what's, what's, is there anything spiritual happening in America? He said, yes. He said, AA. And I thought, wow. Wow! Hmm. I have a ticket. And I thought, hmm, I've been preaching spiritual things for years but getting high the whole time. Now I have an opportunity to do it naturally and, and not consider myself a hypocrite. And so I thought, I'll try this for a year and see how it goes. And, of course, that was 23 years ago. And I wouldn't trade it in the world for anything. It's It's just... And then, of course, I had the, you know, the absolute joy of five years after I got sober, my 19-year-old son came home one day and said, Dad, I want to go into treatment. And I said, okay. I said, okay. Uh, And then he said, but I just want to go for a week or two. And I laughed. I said, no, you have to go for a month. Mm. You know, you got to go for a month. And, uh. And I remember driving him there and halfway there he says, Dad, I don't think this is such a good idea. I said, Go. Let me they're expecting you. You know, we're both people pleasers. They're expecting you. Let's go. If you don't like it after a week or two, I'll come pick you up. Because I know it is a program of attraction and not coercion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a program of attraction and not coercion. And right. I, I I sense that the success rates are a lot better when people say it's time for me, to, you know, to, to turn a corner, and that's why mm-hmm. uh, you know people uh, who were contacting writers in treatment to get scholarships or to get referrals to facilities all did very well because no one told them they had to get clean or sober; they knew it, you know, and the Japanese have a great saying that at its extreme, everything turns to its opposite. And I guess in the, in recovery they say, you know, the gift of desperation. Once you've mm-hmm. gone to the wall, the only way is over the wall or to surrender. You know, don't we love that term, exp- <laughs> surrender to win?
2: It's so simple.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the white flag, the, the newcomer chip, whatever it is, it's like, Okay, I, I did that to the max, and now I'm ready to turn a corner and never go back because I know what's around the corner. I think you know in in in, in the textbooks I read when I went back uh, to school to become a, a substance abuse counselor, it talked about how uh, children taken from abusive homes are sometimes given the choice of going into a foster care. Or back to their family of origin. And many of them choose to go back to the family of origin because they know what to expect, which is less frightening than going to the unknown. You know, mm-hmm. the unknown is, is, is recovery, is sobriety. You, you, going back, you sort of know it's going to be bad, not that bad, but bad. But the unknown is more frightening, which is why they say, it's why sometimes when I'll be at a 12-step meeting, and I look around, I'm thinking, there are no wimps here. These people are all incredibly courageous. They have been through so much, both in and out of recovery, but they maintain, you know, a path that I think can be described as nothing other than holy. You know, I know, I look back, and I think every line of Coke I did, every bottle of gin I bought... Every, every joint I smoked was, a, was holy It because it, it got me here. It got me here. Anything that got me here was a blessing. And now it's my job. You know, I am given the responsibility. You know, sometimes I compare it to being given a plant, and it's healthy, but it has to be watered. So I have to water my life, my, you know, every day. <laughs> uh,
0: what are some of the things you do, Leonard, that water your life, that nourish you spiritually?
3: Well, something that doesn't, it's not obviously, but when I had a, a year's clean, I, I, I had to a weird series of events up in Oregon. I ended up with a notebook, and at night I decided to write down what I did that day, and And the next night I thought, I have this notebook. I'm not using it for anything. I wrote down what I did that day. And for the last 22 years, I have written down in my journal every single night. Sometimes I miss a night, but then I make up for it where I went, who I was with, what movie I saw, what concert I saw, if I went to a meeting, if I shared, uh, I I write down everything. So if you ask me where were you on New Year's in 1998, I can look in my. And it's something I don't I don't really talk about much because it's just become a habit. But it's a good habit because I wanted to prove to myself that I actually lived. Like oh my God, I lived this day, and here's what I did. And I don't write a lot of flowery things about my feelings. I'm no Aeneas Nin. You know I'm no. <laughs> I'm no diarist I just write down What I did that day And who I did it with And I know that I lived another day on earth Which everyone Mm -hmm. is a miracle And now I have proof to myself Because life is like a dream Like uh, Don Miguel Luis You know, who wrote the four agreements Or the seven agreements I don't know know, We agree that life was a waking dream And then we're going to wake up from this dream Into a new one and then maybe this one is like you know we. So it's just to prove that I existed, um, and it only doesn't take long. Uh, and so that's something I do. That I tell you to tell all my when I worked as a counselor, do something unique. You know, yes, we follow all the suggestions uh, that 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 were given, but you know. If you used to play guitar, start taking guitar lessons again. Uh, walk around the block and leave your cell phone at home and just be open to your feelings, which are sometimes very uncomfortable. You know, I said cell phones are the new smoking.
2: You know, mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. My office, things uh where, you know, people have to go outside to smoke or they have their break, they're not smoking anymore. They're on their cell phones. So maybe it's like a healthy, you know, harm reduction. So cigarettes <laughs> are smoking because most people would smoke just because they were bored or they felt uncomfortable. Now you just go on your phone, you look up this app, or, you know, luckily or not luckily, I happen to be a news junkie. Uh, so that's why I created the Addiction Recovery e-bulletin that has 30 brand-new newsworthy stories every week. Uh, and I've had two commitments a week for 22 years. Uh, just, you know, that being of service thing. I, The word compassion was not tossed around in my house growing up. I had to look it up mm-hmm. in a dictionary when I first heard it.
2: Hmm.
3: You know, the Buddhist compassion. and You know, we never hurt anybody, but, uh, you know, giving of yourself. I've said the reason certain programs work, is because when, you're, when you have what they call the coffee commitment and you have to get to this room early and make coffee for 30 or 50 strangers uh, and you take it so seriously, I've seen high-level executives shaking with nervousness that the coffee was going to be, you know, too strong or too weak, and you're making it for people and you're not asking for anything in return other for them to, like, you know, put away their cups. Uh, It's a simple thing, but it really, and it takes you outside your comfort zone in a good way. Uh, So I think commitments where you're just being of service and not asking, you know, they say, do something good for someone and don't get caught. You know, that's that's a good suggestion. Uh, You know, lately, it's when I... You know, walking down my block, I'll see trash. It's not my trash, but I'll pick it up anyway and look for a close trash can. And somehow it feels very feminine to me, like it's putting me in touch with my, my anima, my feminine side, just picking up someone's trash that's not mine, but I want my block to look nice. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it's like a commitment to, to the earth. It's commitment commitment to, to your neighbor's. Yeah, uh, you know, that, that you know, I'm 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 sort of like a softy. Uh, I don't like violence. I don't like sadism. Half the movie billboards I drive by, someone's holding a gun. I, I I don't, you know, I think that harms people. Certainly, all the violent video games that kids grew up playing. I think it. it It anesthetizes them. It numbs them to the realities of hurting other people. Uh, But as far as spiritual practices, to remain sober and sane, uh, just, like I said, don't leave house without a pencil and a paper. You never know when you're going to get an amazing idea uh, or an amazing observation.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, I would ask you, what are some of the things you do to maintain that sort of spiritual connection? That sort of, uh, you know, the the magic that comes from just a little bit of effort. What do you do, Anna?
0: I well, one thing I do pretty much every single morning is I take a walk, and um, that's really important for me. And I and I talk to god while i'm walking and sometimes i argue and sometimes i rant and sometimes i'm just grateful or speak scripture verses that matter to me or speak affirmations that Mm -hmm. really um blesses me and um another thing is a lot of i i don't have any pets anymore i used to but i'm too busy right now but um i love pets so in my neighborhood there are lots of dogs so I now have several dog friends. I met one of my dog friends this morning that when he uh, he's out for a walk with his owner, and when that dog sees me, he sits down and he will not move till I come pet him.
2: <laughs>
0: so yes. I do that, and I love watching the dogs run and play. And I do pray and meditate every day and stay connected to my recovery community, um, you know, show up every week and um, Look at the moon a lot. I love to go outside and look at the stars and the moon. So mm-hmm. it matters to me to connect with the earth and um, connect you know, with animals. and
3: Yep. I, a few years ago when I lost my dog, I realized after a month of grieving, every dog I ran into was my dog. <laughs> you know, I could love as much as I loved my own dog and, and just pet it and, you know, bark at it and, and keep moving. And, uh... One other thing, when you mentioned the prayer, meditation, and the walk in the morning, I have for about twenty years now. I have a ritual. I like ritual. Every morning before I start my day, I have an altar uh, where I ring a little Tibetan bell and I light some incense. I light this wonderful Japanese smokeless incense, so it doesn't set off uh, fire detectors or alarm, de- you know, fire alarm detectors in hotels or. In my own home, and I'll light some incense and I say, This sweetness I offer to you, Almighty. And if it's the last sweetness you see from me all day,
2: <laughs> <you> know,
3: <laughs> I'm trying. Here's something. <laughs> it reminds me, you know, for like at least 20 minutes. <laughs> and I've done something. I've brought some sweetness into the universe. And at night before I, I go to bed, I'll get down at my altar uh, and sit and light a different incense that reminds me of the the, the smells of the forests at night. And I'll say a prayer. And uh, and I do one other little thing in the morning. I was taught by my Japanese guru, Misho Kushi, that I have a a little shelf with, with pictures of my parents and my grandparents, and I bow and I acknowledge my ancestors, without whom which I would not be here.
2: Uh, right.
3: I thank them for having given birth and life to each other, and then ultimately my parents uh, for having spent, you know, hopefully a couple hours making me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I know that Cahill Gibran quote: "Children come through you, not from you." So, when my kids are misbehaving, I'm thinking, you know, they came through me. <laughs> they're not mine. <laughs> they're mine. That's good. You wind up their little engines for 18 years, and then you put them out in the lake. And you
2: that's see what right. they
3: do. And, like I said, one of the miracles mm-hmm. in my life was my son getting sober at 19. He spent one month mm-hmm. at a and has not. Picked up since, and that was 15 years ago. And God knows, Grateful. every holiday, every New Year's Eve, I don't have to think my son's going to be drinking and driving. My son's going to be in a mm-hmm. club taking a pill he doesn't know what it is. And my mother, unfortunately, mm-hmm. or fortunate, she got to see me sober for the last seven years of her life. And before that, mm-hmm. she always worried about me. And I, you know, pay a living amends all the time for that. And I'm so glad I got this miracle of a sober child. Uh, who just took to it because he knew the option was disaster?
0: Right. We're going to have to stop now because our time is up. But I want to thank you, Leonard, for all of what you've shared today, and especially for what you're sharing right now. And uh, and you're a part of that gift of because uh, you showed him some things about life.
3: So yeah. I'm oh, grateful. Yeah. There's a great movie out. I just yeah. want to give. I always end my. My, my whatever right. a, a movie recommendation. Ingrid Goes okay. West. In, Ingrid Goes West. All Ingrid right. Goes West. It's marvelous. It's All the right. first Instagram movie of our time. It's brilliant. Ingrid Goes right. West. Check it Goes out. Ingrid
0: West. Okay. All right. Thank you. And Take I want to thank you, Leonard. Thanks for being with us and for your life, for that little sweetness you bring to life every day. And for everything you've shared with us, I appreciate you and for everything that you do because Leonard does a lot of stuff out there to support recovery. So, uh, listeners, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for being who you are and for the sweetness you bring to life. Have a great week. Hang in there and uh, keep coming back. And we'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. God bless.
4: You might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear the beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. The toll-free number is 1-800-NOW-PRAY.